dive into you ready Joel when's the last time we studied Joel in the scripture it's been a while it's been a minute probably it's prophetic literature it's prophecy of what's going to happen there's going to be some things you hear today that I hope will excite your soul because if you turn on the television or if you go to social media there are probably some things that you don't like seeing very much out there, right? Anybody frustrated with the culture in America? Just a question. Just a question. If you're frustrated, if like, okay, don't put your hand up for this one. But is anybody kind of downright mad about things? Don't put your hand up. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Okay? So we, we get all these emotions and feelings and, and we, we get all encapsulated on this. Okay. Here's the thing you need to remember. You are an ambassador for Christ. You follow Jesus Christ. You made a conscious effort to do that. He's put you here in place. A lot of people will say this line. Well, that's my faith. That's my religion. And it's just private. It's between me and God. And I want to tell you something. I'm just going to break your heart on this one. If you've ever said that or you say that, that is not in this book. It is not in this book for you to be quiet, go sit on your couch somewhere and just disappear saying, I love Jesus and it's all good. It's in this book that you and I are his ambassadors. What that means is that we are his mouthpieces here on planet Earth. We are his hands and feet. Watch this. If our mouthpieces and our hands and feet don't jive together, then our message is broken. You see what I'm saying? If we're not living out our faith with our actions, attitudes, and words, then our faith might be broken to people around us. And we have to do that with the very love of Jesus Christ. The scripture says that the love of Christ compels us. And what that means is, is we are driven by the love of Christ to take the love of Christ to this lost and dying world. If you are driven by anger, not good. If you're driven by a passion that's focused on politics, you're focused on the wrong thing. Your passion may be to want to fix politics through the love of Christ and Scripture. Great, keep going. You want to encourage and equip people to focus them back to God's Word. And remember, this is important, lost people act lost. So if you took a prophet like Jonah and he goes into Nineveh and we know Jonah didn't want it. He didn't, he didn't think they were worthy of, of, of being saved in the first place. But it cost him and his disobedience, didn't it? He had to be in some stomach acid for a while. All right? Of a big old fish. Then he went and told Nineveh, knowing they wouldn't repent, knowing they wouldn't do what God said and what did they do? They repented. They put on sackcloth, on burlap, and they just, they just totally repented and turned to God. And here's the thing that what the Scripture tells us. That if we pray together, if we focus that love of Christ on the world that we live in, that God will hear our prayers, and you know what He'll do? That's what the Scripture says. I didn't make this up. He will heal our land. Okay? 
And so today, some of what we're going to study here in Joel chapter 2, 28-32, is a little prophetic message letting the church understand, you ready? The bottom line of today is this. There is more to this life. Sometimes we can just get so right here, right? We can just get so focused on everything around us, whether it's a gas price or, or, or the cost of living or the cost of your meal at the, at the grocery store or the attitude that you see in, in the world around us and all this kind of stuff, and it can bring you down. And what we need to do is keep our eyes, the Bible says, fixed on Jesus Christ. So we fix our eyes on what is unseen. Not on what is seen, for what is seen is temporary, but for what is unseen is eternal. And that's the things of Jesus Christ, as Paul is talking about there. So in Joel, this is what the scripture says in 28 through 32. Then after doing all these things, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams and your young men will see visions. In those days, I will pour out my spirit even on servants, men and women alike. And I will cause wonders in the heavens and on earth, blood and fire and columns of smoke. The sun will become dark and the moon will turn blood red before that great and terrible day of the Lord arrives. But everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. For some on Mount Zion and Jerusalem will escape just as the Lord had said. These will be among the survivors whom the Lord has called. Let's pray together. Oh, Heavenly Father, we thank you for everything. We thank you for the air that we breathe. We thank you for the food that we do eat. We thank you for the homes we live in. Lord, we thank you for this word, the scripture. You tell us to taste and see that the Lord is good. And today we want to savor the living and active word of God. Speak to us clearly. Let us know some steps to take to move in the direction you would have us go. We love you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. This is one of those passages, and we're in kind of the, if you're reading chronologically with us this year, you'll see that we're kind of in a place of, of just God saying something, people being disobedient. There's maybe some things that take place to, to fix that, which means some people could die. Um, there's all sorts of things going on. There's prophets that come in and warn people about, hey, it's time to turn back to God. Um, these are the things that's going on. And you see this story here in Joel and you see that there's a message that is going out to the people. It's interesting. Some of the things that happen in this text right here are repeated in the book of Acts. Did you know that? They're repeated in the book of Acts. And that's important for us to remember. There are people today. There are pastors and teachers of, of, of so-called Christian churches that will tell you that we don't need to be uh, part of the Old Testament. That we just need to be focused on the New Testament. As a matter of fact, I've seen some that just say we need to focus on just the scripture that just mentions Jesus. And I want, to, I want you to hear your pastor say this. I believe 
that from cover to cover of the, of the book that the canon is in the canon, I believe Jesus Christ is from cover to cover. Cover to cover. Don't miss this church. Because people out, it's just, it's, if you haven't noticed, it's falling apart. It's going to fall apart. Or this same book that we just applauded is not true. Because in here it tells us that the things of earth will fall away. If you are putting your hope in the government, if you are putting your hope in your job, if you are putting your hope in financial security, you will be let down. If you are putting your hope in anything other than Jesus Christ, because you need to understand, it literally says in here that Jesus Christ is the one coming back. The great and terrible day of Christ's return. In verse 28a, it says, Then after doing all those things, I will pour out my Spirit upon the people. Huh, sounds familiar, book of Acts. The Spirit shows up and things happen, right? Literally, the Holy Spirit is real, is our first point. And this is critically important for any church to do and be what God wants it to do and be. If we're not walking in the Spirit, listen, We're not living in the Spirit. Paul says it this way. If you live in the Spirit, then stay in step with the Spirit. And y'all, I'm just telling you. So many times we start the day like this. We'll read a scripture. Read, 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 read. And we'll pray something like this. God, you know I'm going to work today and it's really tough. And I want you to be with us. I want you to be with me. I want to go and do your will. Thank you, Lord, and you leave. And you kind of turn it off. What if we woke up in the morning and we said, God, what do you want me to do today? As a matter of fact, what do you want me to wear today? God, how do you want me to to go into the office today? How do you want me to greet the people that I see in the office today? How do you want me to respond in this meeting today? When someone comes in, you have a quick prayer and you ask the Lord a question and you might feel the Holy Spirit answer you. When we live and stay in step with the Spirit, you're going to be able to hear the Lord in your life. I'm not telling you something crazy or out of control or anything that's wild and just super, you know, churchy or anything like that. I'm telling you something that's biblical. If you draw near to God, He will draw near to you. I hope you understand today that I am doing something intentionally. I am trying to quote Scripture for you so that you don't think I'm making this up. It's critically important that the Holy Spirit is real and we see that and we live in that. Some of us have been raised that if we start talking about the Holy Spirit, then we're just getting out of control and we're not good Christians. I want to tell you, sometimes God's point is that you're not in control. It's that He's in control. And the only way He can be in control is if you submit yourself to Him. You give your whole entire life to Him. 
I can't tell you how many times I've run into somebody like at the tire store or at the doctor's office when I'm waiting and I'll start a conversation. And how's life? Oh, woe is me, man. And they'll start telling me all the bad things in their life. I get it. I get it. But church, it's not about the bad things. It's about how is God going to overcome the bad things? He is the overcomer. Jesus Christ has the victory. We're studying this prayer power book on Wednesday nights and it's not too late. Come join us. The reality is like in this book that we're reading about George Mueller back in the 1800s. And George Mueller prayed a prayer like, God, look, we don't have food for um, our orphans at noon today. I'm going to let you take care of that and I'm going to go do something else. And 11.30, the truck pulls up with food. I had a dilemma the other day. I'm not kidding you. I had a dilemma, and I needed to be in two places at one time. Y'all ever had that package come in? And if you, you needed to sign for it, right? Well, there was a package coming in, and it was very important. I mean, it was critically important that I receive that package. Because there were these catfish t-shirts, see? That's, that's high on the important level. But they, had, they got misplaced and then they had to get overnight and they had to be signed for and all that kind of stuff. And I had two places I had to be. I had to, had to pick Pam up and this is what I prayed. I said, God, you know it's impossible for me to be two places at one time. I'm going to do this. I'm going to, instead of worry, I'm going to let my fear go away and I'm just going to trust you. I had to leave the house at 4 o'clock at 3.45. I kid you not, the doorbell rang. Okay? You know the one you get the email that says it's between here and here, and you always, it's like, like right on here, you know? Could I have worried? Yes. Could I have walked in the Spirit and trusted? Yes. Listen, y'all. I want to tell you, if we live and walk in the Holy Spirit of God, we will be blessed. I didn't say you'll become rich. Did I say that? I didn't say you'll have all your dreams come true. I said if you live and walk in the Holy Spirit of God, you will be blessed. Because that's what Scripture says. And this is what I think that the Scripture means. There's another passage that says this. If you delight yourself in the Lord, He will give you the desires of your heart. There's a big if in the front of that verse. If you delight yourself in the Lord. So the first thing we need to do and acknowledge is that the Holy Spirit is real. Ask yourself this question. Are you consciously trying to walk in the Spirit? Secondly, in the second part of 28, your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams and your young men will see visions. Prophecy, dreams, and visions are real. You're not going to believe this. But as being here as pastor as long as I have, I've had people in this very room come and see me and say something like this. Hey, pastor, I'm not crazy. I promise. But I had this dream. Or I had this, I don't even know what it's, 
I don't know, like I saw something. I don't know what it, I said, do you think you had a vision? Well, well, yeah, but I can't say that because you'll think I'm crazy if I say that. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams and your young men will see visions. Folks, we either believe God's word or we don't. So if you have a vision or you have a dream, instead of being so worried about what other people would think about, give it back to God and say, God, what do you want me to do with this? Come see your pastor. Sit down, talk, pray, be encouraged. Go deal with whatever it is that that situation is and go deal with that. Encourage one another. Prophecy, dreams, and vision. Listen, God will put people in our world and in our life to speak truth. We know in Ephesians chapter 4, Paul talks about the giftings of the Spirit and he lists the prophets as one. What that means is there's still the gift of prophecy that is out there. People still guard the truth. They speak the truth. They speak what God gives them. You and I know people like this. And you know you better pay attention to what they're saying. Verse 29. In those days I will pour out my spirit even on servants, men and women alike. I don't know if you noticed this, but this is important, church. Men and women can receive the Holy Spirit. It just said it in verse 28 when it says, Your sons and daughters will prophesy. And here it talks about even on the servants, men and women alike. The Holy Spirit is not restricting Himself to who you and I think He should. The Holy Spirit is free to do what the Holy Spirit wants to do. Why? This is, this is the disconnect for a lot of, I'm just being honest, a lot of Baptists, this is the disconnect. The Holy Spirit is just as much God as the Son and the Father. I can't be any more clear than this, y'all. This is just Holy Spirit 101 right here. So pay attention. Don't miss this. When you feel alone at night, tap into the Spirit of God that's with you. If He told Joshua, I'll never leave you or forsake you, don't you think He'll tell you that? Don't you think He loves you enough? Do you understand that when you follow Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit comes upon you? When you are saved... Jesus paid the price. You call upon Him. You believe in your heart. Confess with your mouth. And you are saved. The Holy Spirit comes in. Gives you gifts. Gives you the wisdom and clarity to see things. To begin the journey, you ready? Of sanctification. I didn't say that you're perfect. That's not how that works. Remember the old, the old adage of you don't have to get all cleaned up to come to Jesus because when He gets you, He'll take care of all that. That's how that works. And it's through the Holy Spirit. In verse 30 and 31, it says, And I will cause wonders in the heavens and on the earth, blood and fire and columns of smoke. The sun will become dark and the moon will turn blood red. Signs and wonders are real. 
Don't you love it when you see the prophecy on whatever news channel it is and you, you know, the world's going to end in September of whatever of whatever, you know? And you're like, oh, they were in the throne room. They must have heard God tell Jesus because, you know, Jesus even says he doesn't know when the end's coming and everything. But it's kind of neat to run outside and see, well, the, the moon looks a little bit red tonight. And then you run inside and start praying, you know. Oh, God, I love you. Just don't forget that. I'm right here for you. <laughs> Look, all these signs and wonders are real. The, the, the kind of the takeaway on signs and wonders is this for me. One reason that I hear this a lot in America. Oh, I never see God do any miracles. There's no signs and wonders anymore. I don't believe all that, you know. I'm like, well, your faith might be lacking. I'm just going to put it out there. Okay? Because I'm going to tell you, I've sat in a room with some guys. And I've seen God do some stuff like literally in the room. And I'm going, okay. Now, there would be people that would be skeptic of this. I mean, you know. I'm just telling you. What's the scripture say? I don't know who he was, but all I know is I was blind and now I see. And I'm telling you the truth that I believe in signs, wonders, and miracles as much as I'm standing in front of you because I've seen it with my own eyes. I've prayed for it with my own mouth. I've seen people healed right here in front of this room. I've seen people get more time because they prayed literally for more time on earth right here in this room. I've seen God answer prayers. You think uh, UPS delivery is a big deal for God? You think healing you of whatever your disease is or, or doing whatever else? The scripture clearly says, is my arm not long enough? Y'all look, we're walking in the days. Don't kid yourself and do not miss out on what the Holy Spirit is doing around you. If you feel led to pray for someone in Walmart, you better pray for them in Walmart. If you feel led to stop at the gas station and stop what you're doing and go over and pray for somebody, you better do it. Because God may be using you for just a time as this to do something in that person's life. My brother was at a church service, my older brother. And he wasn't a pastor. He was working at a steel plate or a assembly, whatever he was working at. I can't remember. And a um, tire place. And he was at church. And God told him to go tell that guy. They just prayed over this guy who had cancer. And he told, said to Charles, said, go tell that guy he's going to be completely healed. Like right now. What would you do? Now my brother's he's he's kind of held sainthood for me for a long time. And he had a um, God, no, I'm not doing that. That's weird, I'm not doing it, and what if I'm wrong? So what did God do? Relentlessly pursued the truth through my brother. Said, number one, it's not about you, you wouldn't be wrong, it's about me, and I'm never wrong. So you just be obedient and do it. I said, finally, he did. He went and he told him on a Wednesday night at church, he said, man, I know you're going to think I'm crazy, but I just want you to hear from what God told me to tell you, that you're going to be completely healed. And the guy had, it was on a Wednesday, and on Friday, he went back to the doctor. They couldn't find cancer anywhere. 
This is my brother. This is not some miracle, you know, snake oil guy at the fair. This is my brother at church just being obedient to what God said. Y'all look, we've got to be walking in the Spirit if we're going to be used for His will and power. Verse 31b, before that great and terrible day of the Lord arrives. What in the world does great and terrible day mean? It's kind of awesome and scary. You don't know about you, but when God says, this is great, I'm like, yes. And then in the same phrase says, this is terrible. Oh, no. It's God. It's God speaking here. Well, Let's make a little sense of this. Before that great and terrible day of the Lord arrives. You do know what's going to happen. It's in Scripture. It's not, he's not trying to hide it from you. I always picture Lord of the Rings. Because they, they did a beautiful job with Gandalf coming down the mountain. You know, he's got the huge white flowing hair. And he's got the big robe on. The one thing he doesn't have, and you need to remember this. Gandalf is not Jesus. Okay. Um, he does not have the sash that says King of Kings and Lord of the Lords. That's what's going to happen. It's going to happen because it's in his word, and so it's going to happen. It's an already a not yet thing. He's already won. So the way this great and terrible day works is, I'm just going to be as plain and simple as I can. If you're on his side, it's a great day. If you're not on his side, it is a terrible day. Is that y'all with me? Plain and simple. So this is the call today. You can be saved. It's our last point for the day. It's where this whole thing goes. You can be saved. As a matter of fact, I want you to say that with me. Instead of you, I want you to say I. One, two, three. I can be saved. Some of you in here today, you've been playing church all of your life. And you need to be saved. Do you hear me? You need to drop the stuff. You need to drop the church thing. You need to drop. You ready? You need to drop being in control. You need to just let go. Turn your hands like this and let God do whatever he wants in and out of your hands, in and out of your life. Submit yourself to him. Call upon the name of the Lord and be saved. Picture this, if you will. As a matter of fact, let me read the scripture first. But everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. For some on Mount Zion and Jerusalem will escape. Just as the Lord has said, these will be among the survivors whom the Lord has called. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So close your eyes for just a second. Picture Jesus standing in front of you. And he says this to you. First thing you need to do is repent. You need to turn away from sin and self. Inside. You need to believe. Which is not think. It's not just think about changing. Believe is an outward change in your life. You need to believe in me. And to prove that you believe in me, you now have to follow me. So what I want you to do is repent, believe, and follow. Open your eyes. So do you realize that is what being saved is? Being saved is when you choose with your life 
to repent, to believe, and to follow. Have you done that? Have you called upon the name of the Lord to be saved? I want you to bow your heads with me. Father God, today we've studied Joel, but there's so many just straight lines right to Jesus, right to His work in the New Testament that we see in the book of Acts. God, I pray that today, that if we haven't repented, believed, and followed, that we would do that even right now. Speak to us, Lord. Let us obey you. In Jesus' name, amen.